The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to another edition of Round Ball Rambling. Yes, this never gets old. Honestly, uh, hoop ball presentation. I'm your host. Corbin Ford, you can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out the fine folks of Hoopball on Twitter at HoopballTweets, online hoop-ball.com. Hoopball, y'all, is everything you need right now for fantasy basketball. Uh, I hope you're not floundering like I am, where I have injured players in the backcourt of Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards, because I don't make sense when it comes to fantasy basketball. I really don't. But with Hoopball, they can help you make sense, or if I actually read the content through and through, they would help me out as well. Check them out again, hoop-ball.com. You get the Hoopball 360 package, you get yourself gold when it comes to fantasy basketball. You get the Discord chat, which is amazing. You got Dan Bespris' uh, famous tweet storms, which not only come on Twitter now, but also come exclusively, well, sometimes exclusively, on the Discord at chat. You also get just tremendous access to the hoopball experts there everything you need to level up on the fantasy side exclusive shows great content the hoopball draft guide brewski 150 i mean honestly i'm going on and on you need everything they have so check that out hoop-ball.com on twitter at hoopball tweets wow y'all we had a really decent basketball game last night we really did it was mlk day which let's all take a moment and understand the tremendous sacrifice that martin luther king jr made for us um, in, in trying to promote peace and equality and, and, a, and a better world for all of us in terms of how we look at each other, in terms of being able to look at one another as a human being first and foremost and the respect that should come with that. And, you know, with as much progress has been made, obviously there is so much more that needs to be done. So, you know, we all have great basketball on MLK Day and, and yesterday was no exception, but let's take a moment to really... Give some respect to what Martin Luther King did, his work. I highly, highly, I I can't recommend enough just looking at some of his speeches on YouTube, reading some of his works at your local library, you know, just learning more about the man and and, and what he was making an impact. And not only the far-lasting ramifications that have occurred in our day now or some of what we've gathered and carried on from then, but the immediate impact he made in communities back then. You know, it's going on 50 years now since the 1960s and, and the changes that were made. And Martin Luther King, as well as many others, was integral to the success that was accomplished uh, for people like myself, uh, really just to have equal rights. Simple as that, to to not be um, lynched at random, you know, just, just to have that type of respect as people. Obviously, like I said, we still have a whole lot more to go. Or just way more ground to break in that regard. But um, what Martin Luther King did can't be forgotten and shouldn't just be a byline or, you know, uh, I have a dream quote. Like, it's deeper than that. His work was deeper than that. And I highly encourage y'all to, to really look in and flesh out more of what he did. All right, with that being said, let's talk about some of the hoops that went down last night. So the San Antonio Spurs handled the Trailblazers last night 125 to 104 four spurs scored at least 20 points in this game and what was funny about this is that all of the spurs who scored 20 points for 
or all the Spurs who scored 20 points were all graybeards. Yes, uh, <laughs> a very spry, I guess, 30, 31-year-old DeMar DeRozan with 20 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists. 20, 35-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge almost took back a decade for him. Didn't really give you much on the boards at all. Only two rebounds. He's been playing more and more outside. But he had 22 points, and a lot of it came really early. Um, The Blazers were starting... Remember, they're out Yusef Nurkic uh, with that wrist fracture, and they were also out uh, CJ McCollum with the foot sprain, although he'll be back much sooner than Nurkic will. So they had to play Ennis Cantor, but we know Ennis Cantor's defensive struggles, and also, um, coming off the pick-and-roll, uh, the the Blazers and, and Cantor play a lot of drop coverage. So that left wide-open pick-and-pop jumpers for Aldridge, and he was in the early going by, like, midway through the first quarter, four of seven from the field. Uh, he finished 10 of 17, uh, 22 points. Again, basically no rebounds, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. The other guys were off the bench, the other old-timers. Uh, Patty Mills, who's just had a tremendous season for San Antonio, 21 points, one rebound, one assist on 8 of 11 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. Then you had Rudy Gay, who had 21 points, seven rebounds, and an assist on 8 of 17 shooting. He knocked down five threes of his own. Altogether, the Spurs shot 45% from three, 15 of 33 from then, uh, from the great beyond. DeJounte Murray had himself 9 points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists, uh, while Kelvin Johnson had 10 points and 4 rebounds. And and that was enough to, to really take over this win against the Blazers, who, you know, had some good games from Ronnie Hood, who has uh, shooting 21% from both the field and three, 20% from out there, which is horrible. Uh, he rebounded in a major way, 21 points. Two rebounds, two assists on 64% shooting. That was good. Dame Lillard, I mean, ultimately the numbers are okay. 35.6 assists. He was just 3 of 10 from 3, however. And unfortunately, the help wasn't there aside from him. Uh, I mean, Hood. Carmelo uh, gave you something. 14 points. Unfortunately, was on 13 shots. Ennis Cantor had 9 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. Surprising for that guy. Uh, while Covington gave you 9 points, 3 rebounds, and Derek Jones Jr., 5 points, and 5 rebounds. So they really need the return of McCullum in a major way. He's that other guy who brings a lot of that scoring bounce, if you will, to Portland, uh, while also being able to uh, put some consistent pressure on on the opposing team. Uh, one guy who had a game that he shall not want to remember is Gary Trent Jr., who in 23 minutes had 2 points on 1 of 9 shooting, didn't make a 3, and uh, it was pretty bad for him. But the Spurs, man, they were, they were interesting. Not only that, but... Patty Mills right now, uh, with his three-point explosion, now has the most three-points made in NBA history off the bench for one team. That's Patty Mills with 130, which just passes former Spur Manu Ginobili, who had 929. 933 for Patty Mills off the bench. 929 for Manu Ginobili. And then just in case you're wondering, 800 for Del Curry. Exactly 800. Very funny. J.R. Smith with 652. And Jason Terry with 611. Those are threes counted off the bench uh, for one team. I didn't even really know that was a specific statistic, but there we are. Also, last night was the first time the Spurs had had multiple players with 10-plus assists in a game since 1996. For context, I was one. Dated myself. Yes, I did. Uh, in 2020, or tw- in 1996, Avery Johnson had 10 assists while Sean Elliott, yep, the small forward shooter, Memorial Day miracle guy, had 11 assists. Uh, and then last night, DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan both finished with 11 assists apiece. And another little bit of Spurs trivia. DeJounte Murray now is his first Spur in franchise history with 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 70 assists through the first 14 games of any season in San Antonio history. If you wanted abstract San Antonio Spurs facts, you came to the right place. I got y'all. <laughs> I mean, wow. That was that was interesting to me. I, I will say that. Uh, the Miami Heat had found themselves in quite a duel 
against none other than the Detroit Pistons, namely the Detroit Pistons' Jeremy Grant, who finished with 27 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists. Uh, the dude was cooking, 52% from the field, uh, two three-pointers knocked down. He played well. He got some help from Wayne Ellington, who had 24 points all on threes, uh, with the exception of three free throws, uh, and Mason Plumlee, who had 15 points and seven rebounds. You know who did not help Jeremy Grant? Blake Griffin. 35 points, 2 of 8 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3. Five rebounds, one assist. I, I don't know. Blake feels like he's fading right before my eyes. And I'm not sure if it's like a Nick Batum situation where, you know, if he gets on a better team money chance, he'll be able to perform a little better, or if he's really just gone. But he looks so slow out there. He's relying more on his three-point shot than any time I've ever seen him. And, and not in a good way. Like, it's definitely a settled shot, but just because he can't seem to get anything else. It's, it's really tragic to see. No lateral movement. It, it's sad. I, I, I don't really know anything else to say about that, except that I hope that it's not the end for Blake. Not the end, he's not going to retire or anything, but, like, if this is the last we've seen of, like, quality Blake Griffin, then it's a tragedy. Off the bench, Derrick Rose had 21 points and 4 assists. Josh Jackson helped with 12 points and uh, 2 three-pointers knocked down. Didn't really give you anything but a steal and a block. And it didn't matter, because ultimately the Miami Heat overcame an early deficit and pulled out the game behind one Big performance by Mr. Bam Adebayo, who came up huge with 28 points on 60% shooting, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, and that block being a key block on Jeremy Graham, which helped to kind of preserve the Heat's lead and ultimately the victory. Uh, he did get some help. He was the monster game, but 22 points from Goran Dragic, 18 points on 6-9 from 3 from Duncan Robinson. Kendrick Nunn came through with 18 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. So he got some help up and down the line. Even Precious Achua, who's been playing really, really solid basketball. I gotta say, when Precious Achua was first drafted by the Heat, I realized that that was going to be a perfect match. The Heat culture with a high-energy rim-rolling big with a great motor like Achua? Are you kidding me? And sure enough, he's done very, very well. But, I mean, Detroit right now, you know, they're a bad team. I'm really worried about Blake, but everything else, I mean, Detroit's been competitive and they're losing games. I think there's just what the expectation was. At least I hope it was. Uh, I didn't really put a hold on Troy Reaver when he signed Mason Plumley and others to these deals. I mean, it's good to see Jeremy Grant flourish in a high usage role. Uh, really good to see that. And he's been performing so well this season. So that's admirable to kind of take a gamble and, and watch that pay off. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, it's not like they're getting blown out. You're getting a fight when you play Detroit. You're also just probably walking away with a W. <laughs> we had ourselves one particularly ugly game of basketball, and it was the, the early morning game, so I, I guess they get a pass there. But the Orlando Magic and the New York Knicks met to give us one of the more ugly games in recent memory, and that's saying a lot considering that we've seen a lot of bad basketball uh, so far. But the Knicks, they, they pulled it out. Uh, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle led the way. R.J. Barrett with 22 points and 10 rebounds. Julius Randle, 21 points, 17 rebounds. New York has their second straight win. Uh, they beat the Magic 91-84. to uh, Alfred Payton chipped in with 12 points. And Emmanuel quickly added 11 points and a variety of really cool uh, floaters. He was getting a little floater exhibition. Different angles, different heights. Really good. So the Knicks, yes, the Knicks are still relevant this deep into the season right now. They are 7-8, and eight, and uh, that's crazy seeing the improvement that they have had so far. Uh, unfortunately, the Magic, uh, we can't say the same. Magic lost six in a row. They've dropped to 6-8. and eight. Uh, You do remember that they did lose uh, uh, the Markel Fultz. I don't know why, I was about to say Manuel quickly. <laughs> they lost Markel Fultz for the end of the year, and it seems like they've been in a swoon since then. Uh, they're 6-8 and eight now, uh, 
it's been pretty rough. Nikola Vucevic had 24 points and 14 rebounds. He's been playing really well. And Aaron Gordon, who's also stepped up a bit, has had, had 18 points and 17 rebounds, while Terrence Ross had 19 points. But it wasn't enough. Um, they definitely need to give themselves some point guard help, in my own opinion, because there's only so much play you can give through a rookie and Cole Anthony and then transition some of that to Aaron Gordon. And then anyone else who has the ball uh, on the Magic roster, I'm sorry, they're not, you know, natural playmakers. They're not natural initiators. And it shows. It really does. Uh, this was an ugly game, y'all. First half, New York led 47-38. Uh, the Knicks had only made 37% of their shots going into halftime. And the Magic, of course, did worse, 32%. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, the Knicks came out the half, and they got up to a 14-point lead. The Magic came back and actually got it to within uh, uh, up to a head one. They they got an 81-80-point lead, uh, but that lead lasted all 18 or 8 seconds. Uh, Julius Randle put the game away and and that was pretty much it. Uh yeah, this was this was something else. Um the Knicks now improved to 23 and 12 on Martin Luther King Jr. day, so uh that is a nice record to have. They come to perform uh for the most part during this during that day. And for the Magic, I mean, hopefully they can salvage a win uh Wednesday against Minnesota because that's their next game and it'll be interesting to see uh how they pull out, especially against the Minnesota team that is also struggling. We'll get to them in a second. While New York, uh, they begin a four-game West Coast road trip that starts with Golden State, which should be a very interesting challenge for the scrappy New York Knicks team. So that should be fun. Uh, going to the Timberwolves, uh, they had a nice, fun game, but they did lose to the Hawks. Uh, it took two big plays by, or two big big players, rather. Uh, Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter. Let's start with DeAndre Hunter, who came out just in a flourish, 25 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 53% from the field, 3 three-pointers knocked down. He led the way, and honestly, he could be one of the, the more shining parts of their future moving forward alongside Trey Young, especially with the future of John Collins very much up in the air and not too optimistic that he will remain a Hawks uh, a Hawk after this year. But Hunter's played well and has games like this where he can just come on top. Uh, Clint Capella, 23 points. 15 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. A monster performance for Clint Capella. Uh, John Collins played well as well. Had a monster dunk, 15.7 rebounds, uh, 6-8 shooting, very efficient. Trey Young, I mean, he got 20 points on 8 shot attempts. He found his way to the free throw line over and over again, 12-13 from there. Had 8 rebounds, had 13 assists. Uh, that was big. Kevin Herter uh, played well in his start, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists for him. And honestly, that was it. Uh, uh, ugly performance off the bench for Brandon Goodwin, who in 18 minutes somehow managed to get 10 shots up and only make one. Two points on 1-10 shooting, 4 rebounds, 2 assists for him. Honestly, there wasn't really a whole lot outside of that for the Hawks. For the Timberwolves, you know, they were led by D'Angelo Russell, 31 points, 7 assists, uh, 50% shooting, 6 three-pointers knocked down. Malik Beasley helped a little bit, and I say a little bit because he gave you 15 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists, but then, if you look at his shooting percentage, 29% from the field on 5 of 17, uh, obviously that's not great. 4 of 10 from 3, take that for what you will. Uh, and honestly, for the Timberwolves, that was really it. Anthony Edwards, in 30 minutes, got 12 points. Unfortunately, he got on 16 shots. I uh, remember I mentioned my uh, my fantasy backcourt of uh, uh, Edwards and uh, Beasley. Remember that? Yeah, uh, about that. So that was rough. But right now, I mean, the Timberwolves are, are a mess. Their defense is, is horrid. Uh, it's been hard for them to manufacture reliable offense. Some of their guys that, 
you know, came in at least hopefully better shooters or not. Uh, the addition of Ricky Rubio, uh, you know, he was not available tonight, but just or last night, but just in general has not helped the Timberwolves, I guess, the way that they hoped that would be done because they just look inept. They just look inept. And a lot of it's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on with Carl and Dee Towns. It's, it's a lot. That's the key word, a lot, a lot, a lot, but not a lot good, unfortunately. And so Minnesota, again, they will be playing Orlando. Is that a chance for them to bounce back, or will that be the game that Orlando needs to kind of get back in the right state of things? We shall see. The Suns lost a tough one to the Memphis Grizzlies, 108-104 to in Memphis's favor. Uh, down the stretch, John Morant just took over, took a key charge, uh, got a nice assist on a Grayson Allen three-pointer with just over a minute left, scored on a drive of 30 seconds um, left in the game, ended up with 17 points and 10 assists. He just... I mean, just something else, especially in crunch time when, I mean, the possessions all go through him and he just makes the right play. Uh, he was able to get into the paint, you know, get himself shots, get his teammates shots. He did really well. Uh, for the Suns, man, I mean, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, DeAndre Ayton played well, uh, more aggressive than we've seen as of late. He led the Suns to 18 points and had a season-high 16 rebounds. Mikel Bridges, 17 points. But that was really the bright spots for Phoenix because Devin Booker uh, scored 12 and only made 5 of 21 shots. You could tell that the Grizzlies really put a team effort in kind of corralling him out of some shots and making things tough, and so that was what held him. Uh, two of six from three. Didn't get to the free throw line. All, you know, tough jump shots, which played right into Memphis's hands. Uh, Chris Paul played pretty decent, 16 points, seven assists. I say pretty decent because he also had six turnovers and was part of the key reason coming off the halftime break that Phoenix just racked up all of these turnovers. Uh Cameron Johnson got the start over Jay Crowder, came off the bench. Uh, Cameron had 10 points on 4-9 shooting, had a couple boards, a couple of assists. Uh, Jay Crowder, meanwhile, 5 points, 5 assists off the bench, uh, only 1 of 5 from 3. It was kind of a weird game. For the Suns, again, you had balance. You had 5 different players in double digits, but... Uh, only one who was even close to 20 would have been Aiden and Bridges with 18 to 17 respectively, uh, followed by Chris Paul. So you still would hope to have more. And getting five points from Galloway, eight from Kaminsky, five from Payne, that's nice. It all adds up. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting stops and you have turnovers, then it's also a, 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 a lead to an easy defeat. So that was there. Uh, Phoenix is still in very good hands, but they definitely do got to make sure they control the ball, especially come crunch time. Toronto blew out Dallas 116-93. to uh, This was a dominant Toronto Raptors win. Kyle Lowry led the way with 23 points for Toronto, a 9 of 12 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, just a Kyle Lowry virtuoso performance. Chris Boucher had a double-double, 21 points, 10 boards, knocked down two threes. As a whole, uh, the Raptors went 12 of 33 from 3. Most people got an act. Only one who was ice cold out there was Fred Van Vliet. 2 of 10 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3, 6 points, 6 assists. Not a whole lot going down there. Pascal Siakam also didn't make a three on four attempts, but he did have 19 points, three rebounds, and five assists, albeit on 36% shooting. It was rather an ugly game considering the numbers, but when you look at the three guys who stepped up for Toronto, you're looking at Kyle Lowry, Chris Boucher, and Norman Powell, 17 points, uh, two rebounds, two assists, but on pretty good efficiency off the bench. For Dallas, yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. had himself a night he would like to forget five rebounds and one assist in 26 minutes. That's it. And you say to yourself, Tim Hardaway Jr., only five rebounds and one assist. Surely he he made a shot, right? Because that's what he likes to do. He scores, right? No. He didn't have a point, but not for lack of trying. Well, he probably lacked trying to get to the free throw line. He did not get there at all. But 0 of 12 from the field. 0 of 6 from 3. Just did not have it going. 
Uh, Luka Doncic didn't have it going either. Oh, three from three, he had 15 points, but on four of 11 shooting, seven rebounds and nine assists, but not a whole lot going down there. Same for Jalen Brunson, who was four of 10 from the field for 13 points, two rebounds and two assists. Uh, really, if you're looking at productivity for the Mavs in this loss, Kristaps Porzingis, who's getting a little better and is showing 23 points, nine rebounds on 57% shooting off the bench. You're looking at James Johnson and Trey Burke, 15 points for Johnson, along with six rebounds and two assists, while 17 points and two threes to go along with three assists and two steals for Trey Burke. Uh, again, this was just a weird kind of day for uh, night for Dallas. Uh, they had a rough loss the game before, so they were kind of out of it. But yeah, Toronto, that, 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 that bench really sparked the Tampa Raptors to victory for you. The real game of the night, I mean, we got to have one more game. Houston losing to Chicago, 125-120. The offense for Houston looked great. This is Victor Oladipo's first game as a Rock, and he played well. 32 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 13-23 from the field. Uh, he did really well alongside Christian Wood, who had 30 points on 68% shooting, along with 9 rebounds. Those two teamed up for an electric offense, and they got some help from Eric Gordon, who had 21 points, 4 assists as well. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins got 15 minutes of time, but didn't do a whole lot with set time. 0-7 for the field, 0-5 from 3, and you still had um, John Wall sitting out due to knee soreness. So when this team gets more complete and more healthy, then that will be great. But defensively, it was really where they struggled, especially containing Zach Levine, who's been on fire this year. 33 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 11-16 from the field, 4-8 from 3. He also got help from Larry Markkinen with 18 points and 7 boards, alongside Garrett Temple with 13 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and Kobe White as well with Wendell Carter Jr., who each chipped in with 10 points. All in all, the Bulls had seven players in double figures because you have to take into account that uh, both Denzel Washington and Thaddeus Young uh, came up with strong performances off the bench in a game where, let's just be f- simple, Rockets scored very well. They could not defend worth anything. And that's why Chicago won. It was really an electric debut for Victor Oladipo. This team is going to be so much fun when John Wall gets back and they're able to come at full strength, and I can't wait to see it. But uh, they got to get through their growing pains, and some of that involves the defensive end, and that's where Houston really needs to improve. All right, so the game of the night. What a game. Uh, Brooklyn beat Milwaukee. 125-123. Remember, uh, Brooklyn is without Kyrie Irving still. He's working his way back. He's still trying to get in shape here after a seven-game absence, kind of unexcused, unexcused absence there. Uh, hopefully when he speaks to me, we'll find out more about that. But let's just face it, Kevin Durant led the way 30 points, but James Harden, 34 points, 6 rebounds, and 12 assists. It was Kevin Durant who had the go-ahead 3-pointer off of a missed 3 um, and then assist from James Harden to really put the Nets ahead for good. But, yeah, this was a solid effort for both those guys. James Harden and Kevin Durant looked like they are having so much fun out there, uh, and they could not be stopped. They were also helped by Joe Harris, who had 20 points on five three-pointers, 14 points for Jeff Green, along with six rebounds, and DeAndre Jordan with a double-double, 12 points, 12 boards. Bruce Brown. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet, only 8 points and 6 rebounds, but the dude gets after it. The dude's a pest. He's just a dog. He's everything you want to say endearingly about someone who just gets in your grill on the defensive end and makes things happen and just mucks up the game. And that's what Bruce Brown does, and it's really cool to see. For the Bucks, I mean, you're looking at Giannis, 34 points, uh, 50% shooting, knocked down two threes, actually 6-8 from the free throw line. One of those missed threes was embarrassing fashion. It's a wide-open air ball of a three. Uh... That was rough, especially when the defense was packed so low. Like, DeAndre Jordan was almost in the foul line, just below the foul line, almost like in the restricted area, giving Giannis that much space. Giannis stepped up confidently to a three, and it was way off left. So, yeah, still an issue there. 
But Giannis didn't do it alone. This is why it was such a classic game. It was 34 points for him, 25 points for Chris Middleton on 50% shooting. Didn't make a 3, 0 of 5 from out there, but he played well. Uh, Drew Holiday, again, 50% shooting as well. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Good defense as well, especially on Harden down the stretch. This game was really tight. Um, And when I say really tight, like it was a fun game that's going to be really good to rewatch for certain. Uh, You had the back and forth going on. It was 19 lead changes, 11 ties. Uh, biggest lead for Milwaukee was six. Biggest lead for Brooklyn was eleven. Uh, yeah, this was this was something else. It was a, a really tight game. Uh, since Harden has been acquired, Brooklyn is two and zero. Oh. Harden is averaging thirty three points and thirteen assists. They're still trying to find out where they kind of are, but this is a really really good start. And yeah, this will be a lot of fun. Uh, Milwaukee had its eight game winning streak in Brooklyn snapped uh, with this loss last night. And yeah, this was a lot of uh, a lot of fun. This was a really good game to watch. Now, what's going to be even more fun game to watch is where the Bucks play. They're going to host the Lakers on Thursday. That is going to be fun. Uh, just seeing a rematch of of those two teams and where they stand. While the Nets will actually open a two game series at home against Miami. So both teams are going to play uh, last year's NBA finalists as a little way to measure up. So that should be fun. When you're playing the best teams in the league, kind of figuring out where you go. That that's going to be great. So. They're, they're going to have that to look forward to. But first, Brooklyn uh, has a two-game series against Cleveland. So that should be fun. And honestly, I don't know how Cleveland hopes to st- defend Brooklyn. I have zero clue. We're going to talk about Cleveland in a second. But first, let's talk about the Lakers and their loss to the Warriors. The Warriors, man, you got to give credit where credit is due. The Warriors hung around, they hung around, they hung around, and they earned that win by coming through, especially in the fourth quarter uh, to, to seal the deal and, and win this game because let me tell you this game coming in was it, it was all Los Angeles like it was all Los Angeles and when I say that I'm not I, I kid you not Let, let's just look at this real quick <laughs> Lakers got outscored 34 21 in the fourth quarter right now this is usually winning time for the Lakers they they usually take care of this but they didn't in this game the Lakers led by as many as 19 early they led by 16 at halftime. They led by 11 at three quarters, and the Warriors just kept coming, kept coming. Steph Curry came up huge down the stretch. Kelly Oubre, when he's having bad games, he stinks it up. When he's having good games, man, he his impact is felt all over the court, and I think he was really the MVP. Uh, only 2-8 from three, continuing that 25% three-point shooting clip that we all know and love, but 50% overall, 23 points, four rebounds, good defensive plays, good energy plays, two steals, two blocks. The real MVP of this game was Steph Curry. 36% shooting, 3 of 12 from 3, matching uh, Ubre's uh, Sterling, 25% from out there. But he got to the free throw line, 7 of 7 from out there, 26.7 assists. Uh, Andrew Wiggins played good defense on LeBron, really engaged defensively there, 18 points as well, alongside 3 rebounds. While Draymond Green, alongside coaching James Wiseman on the floor, had 7 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists, just doing what Draymond Green does. The bench for Golden State really helped them kind of stay in this game, and it helped them to really pull ahead over a lackluster uh Lakers team. I mean, this was a rough game. Uh, numbers don't look bad. Anthony Davis, 17 points, 17 rebounds, and 7 assists, but 6 of 16 from the field. That is 37% in case you were uh, looking at those percentages at home. Uh, speaking of 37.5% that Anthony Davis shot, you can put that exact same total for LeBron James, who also shot 6 of 16 from the field, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, but the energy just was lacking. Uh, Marcus Saul, 5 points, 1 rebound, 1 assist, 1 steal. I mean, that's all you really got from him. One foul you want to go there. Dennis Schroeder, he gives and he takes it away. At 25 points to lead the Lakers, he also had 
five rebounds, three assists, two steals, three turnovers, a bunch of bad flops, some dumb-headed plays. It was rough. The real MVP of the Lakers would have been Kyle Kuzma, who has been rebounding really well as of late, but had a double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 6 of 11 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. Uh, the dude had some energy and some force uh, and made some really clutch, quick-trigger three-pointers to keep the Lakers in it, and it kind of pushed their lead ahead at several points. Uh, Montres Howe. 17 points, 8 rebounds, 7-8 from the field. Nice little uh, between-the-legs jumper. That was nice to see. He has a lot more freedom in this Lakers offense, and that's a lot of fun. But ultimately, the Lakers kind of lackluster effort, poorest defense, and dumb plays on the offensive end really led them to lose this game, and they deserve to lose it. They totally did deserve to lose this. Uh, they, they just didn't have it ready. So, yeah, this is, um, this is something else for them. Uh, we'll have to see... Uh, where the Lakers stand again, they are, will be playing the Bucks moving forward, so uh, that's going to be a fun game to see, but hopefully they bounce back with the dominant performance that we all uh, expect from the Lakers, because they have these games once in a while, I mean, they're 11-4, so nothing really to sneeze at, but they have these games where they just kind of crap the bed, there's no other way to say it, and it's rough. All right, got some bad news on the Cavs, specifically Kevin Porter Jr., who sources say the Cavs are expected to either trade or release Kevin Porter Jr., this is uh, first reported by Basketball News, uh, Kevin Jordan Kevin Porter Jr. reportedly yelled and threw food in the locker room when he saw that his locker had been moved by the Cavs, who had recently acquired new players. Uh, remember, he has not played this year. He had some uh, rough things going on during the offseason that he was trying to work back and get back in with the team. He was just starting to find his footing, and now he seems to be gone. It's rough for him. I mean, the guy has gone through a, a tough stretch, but at the same time, especially for someone picked uh, 30th in the first round lot in, two years ago, I mean, he has uh, intriguing talent, you know, Uh We'll have to just wait and see where he lands up, ends up. Uh, but unfortunately, it does not look like it will be in Cleveland, which is sad because we're looking forward to him as part of the core alongside Isaac Okoro, uh, Darius Garland, and Colin Sexton. And now, it's not there. So we'll see. I will definitely look forward to bringing on a Justin Matcham again to talk about this and kind of where they sit and, and really reflect on Ken Porter Jr. is apparently short uh, Cleveland career because the dude's intriguing and only 20 years old, but it does look like he has had his last time in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform. All right, Sean, that will do it here for another edition of Round Ball Ramblings. Yes, sirree, that is the name. Uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, well, check me out on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Y'all know where it's at. Y'all know who it be. Check out the fine folks of HoopBall, as I always say online, hoop-ball.com. On Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. Follow Dan Bespris. Follow Aaron Bruski. I mean, follow all of these cool cats. Check out the amazing team podcast we got going on. Check out the Hoopball 360 package that we got going on. I mean, check Hoopball because it's got it going on. That's really all I got to say about that. Uh, Manscaped.com, our sponsor. Check them out at Manscaped.com. I mean, I'm holding right now in my hand their refined cologne. And let me tell y'all, it is amazing. Um, I am the life of the party at my job with the amazing sense that I have thanks to Manscaped. But it's not just that. They have the Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, just amazing for keeping your grooming areas down under, feeling nice and clean. Your balls will thank you so much. Also, the crop wipes, which are essential to kind of keep things uh, smooth down there, smooth and moisturized. So definitely check that out. Get 20% off your order plus free shipping with the code HoopBall20. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with code HoopBall20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at Manscaped.com. Hi, y'all. For Corbin Ford, I am Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Hi, y'all. This has been a HoopBall presentation.